It's the Ruby on Rails podcast, show number 98. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach, coming to you every other Friday for large values of Friday. For example, today's the following Tuesday. Last weekend, I was at Gugaruko, the Golden Gate Ruby conference. I have to say, I really like these local regional Ruby conferences. A lot of fun and some great speakers. I spoke with Rich Kilmer about Mac Ruby and Aaron Quint about Sinatra. So, here at Goga Ruko, talking to uh, Ruby veteran Rich Kilmer. Mac Ruby, you've been involved with that. What is it, uh, briefly? It's uh, taking the Ruby 1.9 runtime, merging that runtime with the Objective-C runtime, and uh, you know, at this point, actually substantially replacing most of what's inside of Ruby 1.9's right. runtime with technologies that are inside both Objective-C and, and uh, OS X itself, replacing the garbage collector with a very fast generational garbage collector, um, replacing uh, or merging the object models between the Objective-C objects and Ruby objects, um, so that really every Ruby object in MacRuby is an Objective-C object, every class is an Objective-C class, and uh, which gives you full access, basically, to the entire OS X um, API set from Ruby. Now, it seemed, recently it seems popular for people, if they don't like a language, to just discard it and shuffle off to another one. But it uh, looks like you and Lauren and the other members of the team completely retrofitting the guts of Ruby, even, uh, like you said, garbage collector, and even maybe even incorporating that into some multi-threaded uh, things with Grand Central and right. Mac OS X. But that's pretty ambitious, but it seems like it's gone pretty smoothly so far. Why do you think... Has it been easy, or, or it's just that you have a lot of smart people working on it? We have one major smart person working on it, and that's Laurent Sansonetti from Apple. And so his, his job mainly is to work on MacRuby, and you know, he's tasked by Apple to do this. Um, Apple wants a dynamic language um, that is a, you know, basically a first-cast citizen on the Mac, and uh, Ruby's a great language. So the, uh, the group there in the uh, division that Laurent's in um, kind of give him license to do this and and I, I think it's it's mainly him um, you know he does uh, the, he's done the vast majority of this work on his own you know I've been working on kind of higher level APIs to simplify things but you know all the runtime work is mostly him and a couple of other folks here and there speaking of which hot cocoa you wrote this toolkit on top to uh, make it easy to programmatically specify a GUI we just saw a talk on on uh, shoes, were you inspired by Swing or shoes or other toolkits, or did you just kind of start from scratch when planning the API for Hot Cocoa? Yeah, um, Swing is not an inspiring thing. So, no, I wasn't inspired by Swing, but thanks for that. It was a lob. Um, and actually, shoes was not really either. I've been building DSLs and Ruby since like 2000, so um, I'm very much into the whole, you know, how do you build a DSL? Uh, really, what we were trying to do is to simplify using Ruby syntax. Um, how do we simplify working with these very complex Objective C classes? And, and definitely, Cocoa classes, specifically the UI classes, are big. Um, you know, Window has probably uh, a thousand methods available on it. You know, View, NSView, uh, some of these base classes are very big. Lots of methods. How do you configure that thing? How do you set up? Uh, how do you make it so there's a very concise syntax for doing that? Objective-C is very verbose. Um, the, the methods um, inside of Objective-Z can be very verbose. So really, Hot Cocoa was an attempt to use uh, some of the flexibility of Ruby, some of the syntactic 
um, friendliness of Ruby, uh, symbols and various things like that, and hashes, uh, to make something um, very easy to construct instances of these normal big Objective-C classes in a small, a small amount of code as possible, and then wire them together. So I want this button on this window. I want this window positioned here. When this button gets clicked, I want to do this. You know, it makes it very, very simple using Ruby's blocks, uh, Ruby's flexible syntax. And uh, but we're not trying to like shoes does. We're not trying to uh, insulate people from those real classes. Uh, when you call window in uh, Hot Cocoa, you get back a real NS window with all those methods underneath it. Uh, we just want to make it simple to actually set up and start with. So Hot Cocoa lets you actually build fully robust OS 10 apps. Not, you know, you, you won't run into a barrier. You have all access to every, um, you know, Cocoa uh, class, as well, by the way, as non-visual Cocoa classes. Uh, so, I mean, QT kit for QuickTime movies, so you can drop, that's a visual thing, but you can do... Um, a, a, a movie as well, so you can actually pull down a QuickTime movie and do anal- you know, do get get the metadata from that movie. Uh, so you have full access to really all the frameworks available on OS 10, not just the visual ones for movie. Two other questions. One of the great things about Coco is you have this nice tool with interface builder to visually lay out things. Where does Hot Cocoa fit within all that? Could you use Hot Cocoa together with this existing nibs, or do you see it just replacing that altogether? Right, so um, you can fully use Interface Builder um, and Xcode to build um, apps with MacRuby. So that, that just works. You can actually build a MacRuby application. Um, so all of your controllers are MacRuby classes, which, of course, are Objective-C classes, and methods, and you can code it just like you would normally do it. Um, you can, uh, you know, um, actually connect things visually uh, and still use it. Now, inside there, let's say I wanted to build an NSRA collection. Um, normally, that'd be about nine lines of code to build one and configure it and set everything up. Say I wanted to actually use that with uh, a certain type of container, a visualization container within Cocoa. Um, I could do that in, in, in MacRuby. Or I could right inside of my code use the hot cocoa array collection um, method, which simplifies building array collections. So it, that's another example. Hot cocoa can be used anywhere. It's just method calls. Um, and those methods just basically simplify the building of instances of things. So um, if you want to build everything visually, that's fine. But the minute you have to programmatically construct anything in uh, Objective-C or in Ruby itself, and Mac Ruby. Um, you get to a lot of lines of code. So Hot Cocoa really can be used anywhere. It can be used within a, you know, an, an, an Xcode interface builder app to do things that are dynamic uh, versus the static stuff that you'll want to do within Visual Builder or with, with interface builders by dragging things around, you know, your widgets around and things like that. So. so it seems very flexible. Mix and match. Use it wherever. Finally, you said you want to see people just abandon Objective C, use Ruby, and it even seemed like you said, hey, the sky's the limit. People could write Final Cut Pro in Mac Ruby potentially. I mean, you know, I, you know, I just, I give Laurentin an, an awful lot of credit for what he could do. Um, he's a very, very smart guy. With Mac Ruby 05, which is currently experimental, but will soon become shrunk within a couple weeks, I think, um, we're replacing the uh, YARV um, virtual machine with an LLVM-based virtual machine that actually goes direct to machine code for Ruby code. And so what that does is takes your Ruby code, turns it into um, a machine code, which is as fast 
as Objective-C. So um, if you can build an application in Objective-C, the goal would be uh, to be able to build those applications within Ruby. Uh, now, that's my goal. Uh, I would prefer to write code in Ruby than Objective-C. Uh, but by the way, it's awfully nice to be able to sit there and say, oh, I need to write something in C code. Now, in Ruby, I could do that in a native extension. Uh, in Mac Ruby, I can actually build an Objective-C class, have a, a method right in that Objective-C class, which uh, just has C code in it, compile that into a bundle, load it up, and that class is available because every Objective-C class is a Ruby class, and that method's available right there on that class, so I can instantiate it and actually just use it. So I don't have to actually write to the Ruby um, uh, C API. Um, I can actually just write Objective-C and C code and actually just load that stuff up. So when you want to do things in C, you can very easily do it just like normal. You can still write Ruby native extensions. It's just that you don't necessarily need to. Well, definitely an exciting project. Thanks for your conversation. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about it. So talking to Aaron Quint. Quincy. No, what's your online name? Quirky. Yeah, Quirky NYC. Yeah. And you talked about Sinatra. Now, are you one of the core committers in Sinatra, or are you just appreciate it and use it? Uh, I've committed some small, very, very small changes, uh, but I hang out in the IRC a lot and uh, talk to those guys a lot. Um, but yeah, I started out definitely as just an appreciator and now a uh, heavy user and just uh, play with it a lot. So. And you want to you want to see people writing web apps for the desktop using Sinatra? Yeah. How is that different from just Adobe Air or some of these other frameworks who want to make web programmers be able to write desktop yeah, apps? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I guess potentially you could uh, maybe even use Sinatra within Air if, if, I don't know if that's possible, but something like that. But basically, um, my, my theory is more just like enabling, uh, using Sinatra to enable existing code to talk like a website. So, you know, you already have your gems, whatever it is. Um, whether it's like the LOL speed gem that converts, you know, just text to LOL, you could write a Sinatra app that's embedded within the LOL speak gem that you just boot up and has a nice web form for doing the conversion and stuff like that. So something where it's like you kind of have a command line interface already using Sinatra to give a web interface, which, you know, we all are more, a lot of people are more accustomed to and can be a lot prettier you know and it seemed like a lot of that you talked about maybe having another interface to ruby gems to be able to yeah. see what's installed in your system or read documentation that seems like it, it could be a big thing just giving not only textual documentation but like you said let people actually interact with the sure. library even if it's not web specific to exactly. begin with yeah that's that's kind of the idea Gembox is up on github what i displayed so definitely go check that out and uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's the DSL is so small that in it's such a light code base that including it in a project doesn't add that much overhead, and you can enable it to do cool things that uh, your Ruby code couldn't before. Basically, just give it the ability to respond to requests. So whether that's displaying an interface or even just talking to other apps via HTTP. So, and you're trying to make that happen with Vegas. Yeah, that uh, it's actually an easy way for people to add a little command line launcher to actually yeah, exactly. run their app through a with a web server. Yeah, Vegas is just a really it's a single file and it really does two things and that's just uh, 
store a PID for your app and daemonize it and then launch it in the browser. And that's basically it. And stuff like RackUp does that already, but this is a way to kind of um, package it in a, in a bin so that anyone can just invoke your app and not have to search for the file and use RackUp and stuff like that. Well, that, I'm sure Snotch can be used for a whole variety of things, but that seems like a perfect fit. You know, sometimes when I've been wor- working with Sinatra and now I want a whole bunch of different plugins and yeah. stuff, it almost seems easier due to a, a Rails app. Exactly. But in that case, that's that's perfect. You bundle yeah. it with a gem and it does the job. Yeah, and I think um, it's that's kind of what I'm trying to get across is that a lot of people come into Sinatra and are like, oh, what am I going to use this for? Or like, oh... If I need to write a tiny app, I'll use this. But then eventually most people's apps grow too big and Sinatra almost becomes more of a pain than it's worth and they just move to Rails. So it is really great for, you know, doing this uh, prototyping. But at the same time, if we kind of don't think about it like, oh, it's the small Rails. Instead, it's just a web library and a way to kind of define these routes and interact with HTTP in Ruby, then I think it has a bigger use case. Another thing I have to mention this week, just closing, uh, Fusion Pasture now running on Nginx, able to run Rack apps, able to run Sinatra apps really simply alongside of any other Rails or or Merb apps. How how have you been running your Sinatra apps so far? Uh, Yeah, I I am very excited about the Nginx Passenger thing. I, I actually mentioned to a friend that I was dreaming about it and wanted it because I I'm an Nginx. I use Nginx almost exclusively to deploy apps because it's just, I feel like it's a, one, it's faster, and two, it's just the configuration is so much easier than Apache, or it's so much cleaner. So I've been wanting something like Passenger, but I, yeah, my Sinatra apps are uh, Monit, Thin, Nginx, and uh, so now to get rid of Monit and, uh, or not necessarily get rid of Monit, but kind of, you know, clean that up a little bit would be huge for sure. I'm excited about that. Well, good stuff. Thanks. Thanks for talking to me. Sponsored by Peep Code Screencasts. Two days left in the April sale. Get 20 bucks off the unlimited plan. It gives you access to all Peep Code content for a year or one extra credit with a five pack. Got a new screencast by Phil Hegelberg on Clojure. If you're interested in functional programming, it's a great way to start. Also features our brand new full-featured motion graphics animation workflow. Some interesting visuals in there I think you'll like.